welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Land. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. This is the fifth day of the new decade and the fifth day of the new year. Uh, we have a, a long way to go this decade, 10 years. But it's amazing how it moves so fast. Like I was sharing during the uh, crossover service, I remember when 20, the 2010 started. I remember it very clearly. In fact, I have my notes uh, that I took, that I put down <laughs> in, de- in December of 20, uh, 2009. And it's just amazing how things just sped by. Amen. How they just sped by and time happened, like I shared. I shared on the 31st. There are two things that happened to us. Ecclesiastes 9-11 there are two things that happen to us. Please, uh, could you, let's just do a quick repeat. Two things that happen to everybody that determines what happens with your life. He you said, I return under the sun that the race is not for the swift. Now, you discover that last decade, there were some people that were faster than you. Like, it seemed that they were faster than you in several things. And then, over the decade, some of them are no more. Some of them, it's like, ah, where are they? Do you get what I'm saying? The race is not for the swift. It's not for the fast person. He said the battle is not for the strong. There are some people that are strong believe and were strong. You know, people call them strong. They were strong in different areas. But they still lost the battle. The battle is not for the strong. Nor bread. For the wise, to the wise. In other words, there's some people that are pretty wise and all that, but the wisdom, you know, their type, I mean, wisdom did not necessarily produce bread. Nor riches to men of understanding. He said there are only two things. He said not favor to men of skill. Now, some people are very skillful. They do stuff, they do all that. But not necessarily that. That's what, um, that they have favor in that sense. He said there are two things that happen to all, time and chance. Everybody say time and chance. Time and chance. Um, There's a lot, it's a verse that is loaded with a lot, and I tried to unpack a little bit of it during the crossover service. The fact that time, we all understand what time is. Time is... um, you know, the measure of events and sequences from past to present and to future. That's the definition of time. Uh, time is that thing um, that we are. That's the reason why we are saying, it's not like over the last uh, five days, it's not, not necessarily that things change dramatically in our lives. The only thing that changed was that time moved, right? The measure of time moved, and it says that the sun is going to go, um, but whatever is moving, I don't know which one is moving anymore. Bless my, 
something is moving around something. <laughs> you know, it's going to go another revolution, right? What is moving? The earth is going to go around the sun, or the sun go around the earth. Thank you. So, so we're told. So, so we're going to go, it's going, there's going to be another revolution. So that's basically what time is. Time is just a measurement of the sequence of events from past to, to present and to future. So time happens. Time is constantly moving. Time waits for no man. Time and tide waits for no man. Shakespeare. Time waits for what? For no man. Time's, time just keeps moving. And there will come a time when our time expires. You know, all of us. There's going to come a time when our time just expires. And then some people will pick it up again. If Jesus tarries, time just moves on. But while time happens, just like last decade happened, there's also something that happens along. And that is chance. Everybody say chance. Say chance. So the word chance there um, is what is also translated as opportunity. Uh, if you look at the NLT, please turn to the New Living Translations. NLT. Thank you, sir. Opportunities. It says, no favor to men, um, NLT says that basically they just happen to be, okay, and those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. Okay, let's see. I have observed something else under the sun. The fastest runner doesn't always win the race. The strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry. And those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. It's all decided by chance, by being at the right place at the right time. Everybody say right place at the right time. So basically the word chance in that place is speaking about opportunity. It's like things that happen to you you don't necessarily, you are not necessarily um, aware of when they are going to happen. They just happen. They just happen. So what you do with time is you take advantage of the chances. Are you listening to me? You take advantage of the chances. Last decade, when the last decade came, um, you know, just use my, the example of uh, my own life and of this church. The, when we were moving to the last decade, the Holy Spirit said, start the leading light. It was a chance. It wasn't new. I was just coming from the Ukraine. And it's like, help people to discover their purpose. And I wrote it down there. I said, we're going to help. In this decade, we're going to help 1,000 1, people go through the leading light training. By the time the decade, so we started and just started like, you know, in that place there with some people, court one. Well, by the time the decade ended, we had over 1,000 people who had gone through it in 12 nations. Time and chance. Pastor Omar and I came just at the beginning of this decade, and we saw this building. Remember, you know, when we say, saw it, they said it was for sale. And then we knelt down and we prayed and said, God, give it to us. Because then, we're, you know, we're being pushed around in so many ways. Say, Lord, give it to us. Remember that day, Pastor Omar, we knelt down right there. So, Lord, give us this building. The building was going to be sold for almost a million dollars. That's what it was put up for. And we didn't have almost a million dollars. <laughs> we didn't have $40,000. <laughs> Sorry, I even said 40000 We didn't have $20,000. <laughs> I 
Okay, Pastor, we didn't have 10,000. Maybe we had about 5,000. <laughs> but we now that I say, God, give this building to us. And then events just began to happen. And, you know, we got to work with this church. And the church, you know, we're going to bring it down. You know, they said, we're going to use this thing as a gift for you guys. And this and that. Anyway, we were able to bring, just keep on, kept on bringing the price down. Kept on bringing the price down to below 500,000. And then, okay, so even the 500,000, it's okay, now it's time for you guys to possess it. Where's your money? But I remember then, some of you might remember, some of you were here then, some are in different places now and all that. There's still city lights, but they're in different places. Some of them are helping us to start leading lights and all that. We were at Pastor Louis' church during the retreat. Some of you might remember in Zion, the 21 days. I'm sorry, we usually have a, a retreat at the end of um, January, which I'm going to talk about today. Um, the last Saturday in January, we spent the whole day praying. And we're there, and Pastor Louis just came up. And, you, you know, Pastor Louis is a pastor um, of the Church of, um, Church of Joy, Church of Joy in Zion, Illinois. He's a friend of mine. Um, so he just came up and began to share with everybody. It's like, you guys, that building that you have in there, if you guys don't get it, somebody is going to get it. Instead, there were some people that wanted to get this building and turn it into a restaurant. So some people are going to, they're going to get this building and they're going to turn it into a restaurant. They said they wanted to do like a restaurant, like a, you know, event place and whatever. If you guys don't do something, if you guys don't do something, some people is going to get this and you are going to lose this opportunity. And when you lose this opportunity, you will have to restart again. There's something that God wants to do. Your children, your this and that. There are people that you do not know that are supposed to use this building and all that. And something just happened to everybody. And then when we finished that day, somebody gave 5000 somebody gave this, somebody gave that, somebody gave that, and the money just started flowing. We were able to buy the building. And that opportunity, so the opportunity came, and well, anytime I see, sometimes when I see events taking place in, uh, in this building, like when I see kids, running around downstairs. There was an event that happened recently, and I was just looking at everything, and I was like, wow. Then the picture will come to me of when the building was run down. Or something. That's the second story, amen? And then I remember what God was saying. When I see all these children that were not even born then, you know, running around and doing all that. So, wow, this is what God was saying. This is what Pastor Louis was saying, that you take advantage of it. Whenever they come to rent it from the community, whenever, you know, and then look at what has taken place in this building over those years. And then there was the opportunity of, should we leave it the way it was or the way it is, which was not good? Nothing was, you know, the heat was not working, the cold was not, everything was run down, water was leaking, and it was a terrible thing. You leave it in the same shape. And I remember that day, we were standing downstairs. I think it was four of us or so. We're standing downstairs, and we were debating. The debate was that, should we leave this building? At least we have a building that is standing, even though it's not nice. But at least we have something standing. Or should we tear it down and redo it? Ah, <laughs> oh, my Lord. Time and chance. Everybody say time and chance. Should we tear it down? So we're debating it. So somewhere along the line, as we're just talking, the Spirit of God just came on me. You know, sometimes when that thing comes, it's called the Spirit of Faith. When it comes on me, I will act irrationally. 
<laughs> Sometimes that's why you see me. When I do some things, like I can debate things, like I'll debate things. But when it comes on me, I push. And nobody can stop me anymore. <laughs> Amen. I just push it, you know, through. Because sometimes, you know, that's why, you know, part of the pioneering thing is the, the gift of faith. When people, when some people are not seeing it or they feel they're not, it's not able to be done. When it comes on you, you can stand there. You see something done and you can proclaim and declare it and push it to happen. It's one of, it's one of the, you know, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, that's why I'm always trying to be very sensitive to what God is saying, not what people are saying. Not even the people that I'm leading. I listen, but I want to listen to what God is saying. Because, you know, one of the roles that you're going to occupy is to see what people are not seeing and to lead everybody into it through the, you know, the gift of faith. So, as we were there, I just took a shovel. And I just put the shovel, I threw it, I mean, I, I pushed it into the wall, the dry wall. Then, everybody, Pastor Bob picked the shovel. Everybody picked their shovel. Before we knew, we had turned out the kitchen. And we got crazy and just started tearing down all over the place. We tore down the entire thing. Tore it down. And after you tear it down, what do you do? <laughs> then you have to rebuild it. We didn't even know. The tearing down alone, what it cost us. What it cost us to dispose of it. We had, in fact, the... Disposal industry, the wage disposal industry, especially there was a particular contractor that we had. That guy was so happy for like two or three years working with us. Because you can't throw it in the normal dumpster. So we had to hire dumpsters. We hired it for several weeks. They put it at the back there. How many of you remember those days that the dumpster is there? You have to be putting it there, and then they will come and pick it. And when they pick it up, they will put another one there. And every time we hired it, it was about four hundred something dollars. That's just to throw it away. <laughs> you know. But then you know what? What that opportunity, let me tell you what the opportunity did. One of the things that it did for us was that chance that came, that we took advantage of, taught us a great deal about how to walk by faith. For other people, people that will procure houses, I can tell you in the last decade, the I mean, like, I can, I can say the amount of people who, even through the realtor that we got, that God is building. In fact, somebody just shared with me again, I just bought a house somewhere, just telling me something, I just bought a house somewhere, the same realtor was the one that got it. And so that step of faith launched a lot of people even in the church in their own area, people that were involved in it, in their own lives and all that, into certain things. Amen. In the area of real estate and other stuff. But it launched us into faith. I, I personally, I stepped into a point where a project does not scare me anymore. It doesn't matter. The funds will always come. Because through that process of working step by step, we're able to put over $200,000 again into the uh, the. the turning around of this place. But it didn't come as $200,000 at once. It came as $1,000. Then came at two hundred fifty, seventy-five, dollars $10. <laughs> but over time, it accumulated. And we kept on knocking out one project after the other. It taught me a lot. It was an opportunity. 
the opportunity of the Life Development Center in the last decade, just sharing the story of the church. We had always been involved in community things. Those of you that were in the early part of the church, you know that from homeless shelters to all that, and um, to Nick Center in the schools, and many of those things. And then we will try to, in some of those, that some of the members of the church who worked with corporate companies, for example, we had somebody that works at Fox TV then, we had somebody that worked at Microsoft, at Hubbard. Those people who say they want to give into the church, into the things we do in the city. And we got them to give. There was a time Fox TV gave us toys and all that. Uh, they actually used my kids to advertise in you know, all over Chicago. They did a show, and then they showed them people should drop the toil at Soldier Field in the early part. So, so the toys were there. They gave a, a whole bunch to give to kids. This place was full of kids then. This was a different, it wasn't Bron the Bronzeville of today is different from the Bronzeville of then. Amen. Now it's gentrified. And the houses are very expensive. But then you had kids all over the place, teenagers all over the place that, you know, they were just causing problems and walking around. You know what to do? So we got involved with those teenagers then when they were very young. And, uh, you know, so then we discovered that they would say, no, we can't give to a church. That we don't support churches. So we had to craft out something out. We call it city rich. We just call it city rich and all that. And then we send it to them. And then they will send us some money. Uh, we bought a bus through what Microsoft sent to us and, and all that. But then along the line, the Spirit of God, you know, just, you know, began to say, you know what, you need to, you need to separate something out of the church that is going to just be focused on impacting the community, on impacting the community in these areas. And it is separate from the church. It's a child of the church, but it's separate from the church with a focus on that. And it's going to be organized separately, not as a church. And I remember the day to do that. The day we were to launch it, so we started, with, we incorporated it, and we launched it on my 40th birthday, um, 2014. On my 40th birthday, uh, whenever we celebrated it here, and my pastor came to launch it. And when we launched it, there were some prayers and prophecies and all that. And... The Light Development Center began to fully function uh, over the past uh, six, I mean, five years or so, since 2014, about six years um, as an organization. Now, we needed to employ staff and do all that. But you know what? On my, on my 40th birthday, we raised what we needed to hire the staff for the first year on that day, on that 40th birthday, um, and to just kick it off on the 40th birthday. That was when it was raised. And we just stepped out in field and started doing. The Light Development Center now um, has taken on the leading lights training, um, gotten involved in the community in different areas um, as staff, and is going to have more staff, and they are planning a whole bunch of things again you know, for this decade. Um, amen. And that's what has taken even the leading lights training to the 12 nations that we're talking about. Everybody say time and chance. Someone say time and chance. Now, I just gave you some example of, of taking chances, right? Taking chances. I can give you more of when the idea came to me to start to you Bible. You know, I just, the Toyo Bible, some of you do not know about it. It's, a, it's an app that I developed that, um, you know, converts the Bible, to personalize the Bible for people. That, that app has been, it's been sold. I make money from that app every year. And just recently, I just got, 
you know, um, what do you call it? Some people in England and all that, uh, marketing people that want to take it up. We're working on the contract right now to spread it all over Europe, and they want to take it to Nigeria. Or is in Nigeria? It's operating in Nigeria. But we won't just take it to rebrand it and take it to another level. Everybody see opportunity. Opportunities to you know to to get involved with people when they were down. Opportunities to serve. Are you guys getting what I'm saying? Opportunities to give. Opportunities to raise leaders. To stand with families. To invest in children. Amen. Some of those children right now that were born, that were born in the last decade or be just before the last decade. Some of them are the ones standing there and doing stuff, you know, and just in different ways. And God has something for each and every one of them, and it's just beginning it. Amen. You know, when I was doing the summer camp with them, um, you know, that's why I invest in the summer camp, and I was teaching them. There was a point, I got to a point, and I told them, I was telling them, we, were, we went through the Bible, the entire Bible, and uh, we, when we got to Acts of the Apostle, and I was teaching them about the expansion of the church, how the church started as a Jewish congregation, and then some people were never part of the church, like Paul and all that, made it a Gentile congregation, and then I became a multi-ethnic congregation in Antioch, and how the church always expands. And I told them something. I said, all of you kids, I'm looking at you right now. I said, one of the things that God has told me is that you guys, if we invest in you, and that's why I take the time to invest in you, you are the ones that are going to take this church or this vision. You are going to take it to your colleges. You are going to take it to your high schools. You are going to take it to the nation. You are going to take it to the next generation. And you are going to do it without the barriers that we have because of the background that we came from. Sometimes you've got to know your assignment. Amen? You have to take the chance and do what you are called to do. Amen? And when it's time for you to step, make sure you raise those who are going to continue it. There are some other chances that are going to be opening up to all those kids. All these kids that you are seeing running around, there are some chances that are going to open up to them that never opened up to us. Our own chance is to impact them. Our own chance is to lead them. Our own chance is to what? Impact their lives. Amen? So we're not here to do what we're not called to do. We're here to do it. So the next instruction is, I want you to go and plant a church on the north side in addition with this. We'll go ahead and do it. It's a chance. It's an opportunity. You take it and do it. Amen? So I'm saying this to you, that, like I said on, on, on the 31st, this is a decade of chances. Someone says it's a decade of chances. It's a decade of chances. It's a decade of chances. And if, you know, I don't know, uh, Brother Yomi, I don't know if you have the poem that I wrote that day. Do you still have it? Or it's gone? If you don't have it, that's fine. But if you have it, if you can show it for me. It's a decade of chances. The, the, the poem is called, uh, that, oh, sorry, that I read, not that I wrote. Um, it's called Opportunity. Amen. So, I want to tell you that as we have start, stepped into 2020, there are opportunities ahead of you. And in this year of 2020, God says, this is what I want to do. I want to show myself. I want to show my hand. I want to show myself strong on your behalf. Hallelujah. So let's lay hold on the chance. Amen. Time is happening. Let's lay hold on the opportunity. Everybody say, I lay hold on the opportunity. Paul said, making the most of the opportunity because the days are evil.
Make the most of the opportunity. Make the most of the opportunities of this year. Make the most of, of opportunity that will show up to you. Opportunity to know God. Opportunity to serve. Opportunities to give. Opportunities uh, to, you know, to, to invest. Opportunities you know, to do something that it's been telling you to do. Do you get what I'm saying? Take hold of your opportunities. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It's the same way it works. If he shows you just do it. If you know, if you know that you're supposed to do it, just do it. Don't look at the mountain. Don't look at the impossibility. Don't look at the, what it's going to cost. Don't look at how long it's going to take. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. When you want to eat a huge mountain of food, you start by eating it in nibbles. Amen. You don't take the whole thing and put it in your mouth. Amen. You start, do you get it? You start little by little. That is the key. Don't, whatever he has shown you, you know, that is part of your life and destiny, don't push it off. Do something about it every day. Do something about it every day. Just keep moving. That is how faith works. So, basically, this is the, this is the poem. It says, with doubt and dismay, you are smitten. You think there's no chance for you, son or daughter? Why? The best books have not been written. The best race hasn't been run. The best call hasn't been made yet. The best song hasn't been sung. The best tune hasn't been played yet. Now, let me just put it. How many of you will have believed at the beginning of, maybe just around the beginning of last decade, you will have believed if they told you that companies like Google, things like YouTube, and Facebooks will be the most profitable in the world. Do you know that some of those companies are just in their first decade? Or just shortly after their first decade? How many of you know? I remember when I got on Facebook. When it was still among just a few people. It was only college and whatever. But look at it right now. How many of you will have thought that within 10 years... That they will become. Do you know that Apple had existed since 1976, right? That's where Apple started, 1976. But did you know? And then they invented the Macintosh. Things went down. They fired uh, Steve Jobs and all that. But did you know that the iPhone is was just launched in the last decade? Huh? Are you guys getting what I'm saying? And the iPad and all those things. That is, and that's what that's what just made it the most valuable brand in the world. After a while. I'm just telling you what can happen in a decade. Chance. Amen. Time and chance. Time and chance. WhatsApp started during the last decade. It was a Russian immigrant or Ukrainian, wherever it was, somewhere in that place that came and just put it together. You know, then Facebook bought it. And now everybody uses WhatsApp everywhere. Time and chance. Everybody say time and chance. I want you to see that those people don't have two heads. They don't have two heads. The only thing that they had was that they dared to do something. He said they dared to do something. They dared to step out with their dreams. They dared to do it. They dared to step out with their dreams. Some people laughed at them when they were doing it. Some people told them it was impossible. But they just stepped out and did it. And they, they are changing the world. Cheer up. For the world is, the world is young. No chance. Well, the world is just eager for things that you ought to create. Keep going, please. Its store of true wealth is still meager. 
Its needs are insistent and great. It yearns for more power and beauty, more laughter and love and romance, more loyalty, labor, and duty. No chance. Why? There's nothing but chance. For the best verse hasn't been rhymed yet. The best house hasn't been planned. The highest peak hasn't been climbed yet. The mightiest rivers aren't spanned yet. Don't worry and fret, faint added. The chances have just begun. For the best jobs haven't been started. The best work hasn't been done. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, say, the chances have just begun. I know I want you to preach it to at least two neighbors. Say, the chances have just begun. Say, my chances have just begun. I'm, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm just beginning, amen. I'm just beginning. Everything that we've been doing will be reacting. Amen. The chances have just begun. The chances have just begun. Keep saying that. Because God is going to show up in your life through chances. The God show is going to take place through what? Chances. Opportunities that will show up. So you have to learn to recognize the God moment. You have to learn to recognize the God moment. The chances are going to show up. Say after me. Say the chances are going to show up. Because it's my year of the show. Of the God show. All right, so let's read the two scriptures together quickly uh, for, for the year. The two ones uh, that we're going to... The first one is John chapter 20, verse 20. You can go to my outline. And after he said it, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. I would say they saw the Lord. So he showed them his hands. He showed them his side. He showed them himself, like my wife was explaining. And then they were overjoyed because of what they see. I declare over you one more time that this year you are going to see the Lord. In your life you are going to see the Lord. And you are going to be overjoyed at what you see. In the name of Jesus. 2 Chronicles chapter 16 verse 9. 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9. 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9. It says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth. Throughout the earth. I'm using the, I think I'm using the, um, the NKJV or the KJV. It's the highest of, because of the show. It's a run through, throughout the whole earth to show. Ever say to show. To show himself strong. Everybody say God is going to show himself strong. Say in 2020, God will show himself strong on my behalf. On those whose heart is loyal or committed to him. doesn't mean that they are perfect. Their hearts are committed to him. They want to do the right thing. They want to serve him. They want to walk in their purpose. He said, whose heart is loyal to what? To him. So God say, it is my year of the God show. It's my year of the God show. You need to start declaring that. Start saying that. Start putting it as a hashtag when you post things. Start doing that. The more you say that, as you see, as I quickly run through this thing, the more you do that, the better you are, you are able to experience the show. Amen. So this month, we are focusing on letting God. This year, we're going to focus on God all through. So just focus on him and what he would do in different areas. So we're calling it Let God. Everybody say Let God. So basically, if God is the one that's going to do the show, we got to let him do the job. Amen? Let him do the show. So that's why we've got to learn 
to position ourselves. You know, Psalm 46 verse 10 says, be still and know that I am God. So calm down, relax. So like my wife was sharing, the month of January is always dedicated to preparation, to praying, to fasting. And that is what we are going to do. Amen. Now, I took some time, something I, you know, I, you know, I, I found it very interesting. Of course, I know the show that we're talking about um, is a God show. And as you, know, you will see, the God show, for, number one, we are audiences in the show. Someone say, I'm, a, I'm an audience. That's one. So there's part one, where you are an audience in the show. So which is, God will show you things, right, in his word. He will show you what he's about to do, right? Then there's this part two of the show where you are an actor or an actress in the show. Do you get it? Everybody say part one. I'm part of the audience. Say part two. I am an actor. Do you get it? So God is going to display some things through you. So I was just thinking, I was like, you know what? Wow, that sounds like a, you know, like a Broadway show or some of these you know, things, you know, like um, live shows and all that. So I was like, how do these actors prepare for the live show? I was surprised. As I began to do the research... I was surprised at what I found. Amen. I was surprised at what I found. And I want to quickly you know, share it with you. What, what did I find? How to prepare yourself. So my tit- the title is How to Position Yourself for the God Show. I'll do it very fast. How to position yourself for what? For the first show. So number one is understand the show scope and objective, which is what I've been sharing. Understand the show's scope, scope and objective. So when, you know, they want to hack the Broadway show, first of all, the first thing, when they recruit people and they do real, uh, what auditioning and all that, and they say want to do maybe Hamilton, you know, or some of these shows, when they say, they will, they will, the, the actors and actresses, they will first of all show them what the, they will show them what the show is supposed to be about, right? So this is what Hamilton is supposed to accomplish. These are the places that we want to take it. And this is, you know, this is what it is about. It's going to be the story of, uh, you know, Hamilton and this and that. So the first thing is to understand the show's scope and objective. So for you two, for 2020, you need to understand the scope of the show that we're talking about and the objective of the show. And that is what I've been sharing. Basically, the fact that the scope of this show is that and the objective of this show is that God wants to show you his hand. Amen. Someone say, God wants to show me my hand. I'm oh, sorry, show me his hand. So, you know, you could go to the scriptures. God, so the objective and the, of this, and the scope, God, I'm going to experience God's hand. So you can personalize it. I'm going to experience God's hand. And God is going to reveal things to me um, about my life. God is going to reveal things to me um, about what he wants to do in the world. God is going to put up a show for me. Amen. Then number two, God is going to do wonderful things in my life and through my life that other people are going to see. That's in Psalm 118 verse 23 says, this is the doing of the Lord. And it is what? Wonderful to see. This is the doing of the Lord and it is wonderful to see. So two sides to it. God is going to show me things. And God is going to do things in my life and through my life that, you know, people will say, wow, that's God. Amen. Everybody say, that's God. People can see God on you. You know, Psalm 126 verse 2 says, the Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. Amen. 
going to do great things. So that's the scope. The second thing is understand your role in the show. So from, you know, Broadway, you understand your role in the show. Understand your role in the show. So in one part, you are part of the audience, right? That's your role number one. And as, an, as part of the audience, what do you do? You, what? You watch, right? You, you watch, you know. In Jeremiah 20, 33, verse 33, God says, Call unto me, and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. I will show you things. I will show you things, but ask me for it. Ask me to show you things. Tell your neighbor, ask God to show you things. So when we start the, starting the prayer and fasting today, ask God to show you things. Ask God to show you things about your family, to show you things about your life, about your calling, about your city, about your nation, why you are here. Ask God to show you things that you did not know. Ask God to show you things in the world. Ask God to show you things because he wants to show us things. God accomplishes his plan by planting his vision in the hearts of people. Ask him to show you your own Google and your own Facebook. Amen. And your own Apple. Or farm. Then the second part of your role in the show is that you are also an actor. You are an actress. First Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen generation. You are, a, you are like you are a royal priest. You are a holy nation. God's very own possession, as a result, you can show others. Everybody say, I can show others. The goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. So, part of my role in this show this year, in this God show this year, is I am going to show people the goodness of God. Say that after me. Say, I will show people the goodness of God. So, I'm going to display the goodness of God. My entire life this year is going to display the goodness of God. People are going to look at my life and they say, wow, that's God at work. That's God. That can only be God. Do you get it? That can only be God. That can only be God. Ephesians 3.10 says part of the show. So part of the show is to people around so that they can know the goodness of God. The other part of the show is to even the devil. You know, the devil, God wants to make the devil jealous. Do you get what I'm saying? The devil wanted to usurp authority because he wanted to be like God. God says, I'm going to create people that are like me, that won't have to force themselves to be like me. I will give it to them free of charge, and they will show you what it means to be like me. It says God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. So God wants to put up a show that the devil himself will be like, what's going on? What's going on in our life? What's going on in his life? What kind of wisdom are they demonstrating? What kind of wealth are they demonstrating? What kind, what kind of people is this? And you reply and say, oh yeah, we are people like God. We are created in the image of God. Amen. We are God's children. God wants us to demonstrate. Tell your neighbor, say, God wants you to demonstrate his power, his glory, his wisdom. You know, I love the Amplified version of this. He said, he said, we are here to show, you know, the wisdom of God, the, the many-sided wisdom of God in all his infinite varieties and uh, something, something. In all its infinite varieties and innumerable aspects. 
we're here to show. We're supposed to look at all our lives and say, wow, look at this one. This one is demonstrating that. That one is demonstrating that. And that's in working with our purpose because that is God's purpose. Amen. It's the amplified classic that, you know, that I was quoting. You know, hallelujah. Do you get what I'm saying? In all these infinite varieties and innumerable aspects. So you are supposed to display something. And then I'm supposed to display something. And then everybody's supposed to display different things. And God gets all the glory. The devil doesn't know what to do anymore. Amen. So you're an actor and an actress in the show. The, the third thing, Broadway show. Oh, no, let me read something that I, that I, you know, that I saw. Und understanding your role. Go to understanding your role. There's, there's something I, I saw from, uh, you know, studying from the Center of Creative Arts about understanding your role. It says, it takes a lot to give a good performance. Hours upon hours of rehearsals, practicing lines, learning Blocking and choreography, figuring out how your character works, talks, and thinks. All of this comes together for those brief moments you walk the stage to create a fully-fledged character. However, all of the weeks you've spent preparing and creating will come to naught unless you can bring that character to life on stage. From my own university theater experience, I can tell you that your performance on stage is directly affected by the time immediately preceding your first entrance. So the preparation to understand your role in the show to take some time to meditate on that will help you when you step into the show. Do you get what I'm saying? To be able to act the way you're supposed to act. Number three, master the script. Master what? The script. When we talk about the God show, it is not necessarily an unpredictable show. There will be some certain measure of unpredictability about it because God wants us to walk by faith. And the Spirit of God moves. You don't know where it's going or where it's coming from. Do you understand what I'm saying? There will be some unpredictability there. So that means there will be some instruction that you never planned for. There will be some things that will tell you to do that your mind could not conceive. There will be things that will tell you to do that your bank account cannot handle. So when you're working with God, there should always be the measure of unpredictability predictability and flexibility. Do you get what I'm saying? But it's also the fact that there are certain things that he's going to do that are already in the script. Everybody said they're already in the script. So there's a script that we have, which is called the Bible, and then there's a script that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you. You always start with the written script. Everybody say you always start with the written script. So that is why I want to encourage you as we kick off this year, it's time for you to return to the written script. I personally and my family, we started, I started the Bible again from the beginning. Amen. Reading Genesis and Matthew, I used it, you know, through the Bible in one year, reading it and then writing and journaling again. And journaling again as I'm reading it, I'm like, well, I read this thing last year. What I'm seeing is different from what, what I'm seeing now is different from what I saw last year and the year before. I'm journaling and writing it. Some of the things I've been posting to you as things from my journal as I'm reading the Bible afresh again. I'm reading, I'm reading the script again because you can't be in a show when you don't know the script. You know what happens when you come out to do a show and you don't know the script? What is that called? Disgrace. <laughs> I've been there before. I was supposed to perform African rap. <laughs> Baby, remember? And I was in front of the audience, and I forgot. <laughs> so I started. I started again. And then I started again. And after a while, I apologize. 
That was was the last time I did African rap. I quit. (laughs) My rapid profession ended. (laughs) After that disgrace. Say no way. But I'm going to break it one of these days. That is spicy night. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) You got to be prepared. You got to know the script. What is the script? You got to, you see, the script of the show is God's word, and you must master it by reading and reciting it. Meditating on it. You must master it. In Hebrews 12, 10, 7, it says, Jesus was talking about Jesus. He said, then I said, that's Jesus talking about Jesus. Look, I have come to do your will, O God, as is written about me in the scriptures. Jesus Christ came to show us something. He said, the, you know, he dwelt amongst us and we beheld his glory as of the glory of the only begotten Son of God. But everything, you read it, it says, so, so that it might be fulfilled that which was spoken by Isaiah. So that my might that was spoken by Isaiah. He went and rode on a lamb. And my that was spoken by Zechariah. He went and did it. And my that, you know, he was acting out the script. He was studying the Bible and acting out the script about what was written concerning him. We are supposed to live that way too. You act out the script. You read the Bible systematically. Start afresh. It's not too late to start again. Start afresh and begin to act out the script every day from what you see. That is how the God show works. Amen. Master the script. James 1, 22 to 25 says, do, do not merely, uh, you know, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what he says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what he says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. Everybody say freedom. Say financial freedom. Say freedom for my life. Amen. That gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, by but doing it, they will be blessed in all they do. In other words, if you will return to the word and make the word of God the base and the foundation, it doesn't matter what your circumstances have said or what it is saying, what people are saying or what they have said. It doesn't matter how what your feelings are saying or what it has said. It doesn't matter. Your life is based on the word. It is what God has said concerning me. It is what God has said concerning my calling, concerning my marriage, concerning my children, concerning my ministry, concerning that. That is what is going to stand and that is what I am going to act even though I may not feel like it. Listen to what they said. Uh, master. Oh, okay. I, 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 yeah, listen. No, no, no. I think I, do. I don't have something for that one. I'll go to the, to the next one. Now, this leads to the next one. Engage in the vocal warm-ups. The warm-up. Engage in what? The vocal warm-up. So they said that when they want to do the show, one of the things that they do backstage in preparation is they do what is called vocal warm-ups. So they will, if somebody's supposed to act like uh, the cat in the heart, you know, <laughs> will begin to <laughs> speak like what? The cat in the heart. If he's going to supposed to act like SpongeBob, you know, start practicing to speak like what? SpongeBob SquarePants. Or my dear, since you understand that one more, okay, man. You know? Begin to, you know, practice that. You know, I'm going to, you know, Tyler Perry, I'm going to be my dear. I'm going to be this one. I'm going to be that one. 
I don't know why somebody has to be four things in a show, but it's okay. <laughs> it's creativity. <laughs> but as often I, I don't, the Murphy started, sometimes I just, it just like, why are you wasting my time? I know it's you. You're spoiling the show. Pastor, <laughs> do you like it? I'm like, you know, it's him, it's you, it's you. I know it. Because they put it there that you are the one acting that way. So you are spoiling the show for me. Please find somebody else that can do it. But it's fine. He's making his money with it. That is his chance. He's taking his chances. That's fine. Amen. So it's okay. I'm just telling you. So, <laughs> but he said, learning your lines. So one thing is to know the lines, right? So, you know, to get it the script. He said, but learning your lines is extremely important. Learning your lines is what? Extremely important. Look at it. They said, scales. Trilling, humming, and otherwise strange vocalization are completely normal in this context. Dialect and accent require other special considerations. Travisito plays Peep in production. For shows that have dialect, like West Side Story or for us, Sharks, being Puerto Rican, I like to get there early so I can start and get my dialect going and feeling natural. You have to warm up the dialect. It's a pretty big shift in the way you talk. You still have to be honest when you are acting and connect and all that. The dialect, if you use it properly, can be a really great way. I want you to know that one of the things you got to do this January is to begin to train your mouth to speak like the show that you are supposed to act. To speak the script that you are supposed to act. This is not just something that comes naturally. You have to train your, what? Your mouth to speak that way. You have to stop speaking like you were speaking in the last decade. And start speaking a new language for a new decade. You have to start speaking the God show. You have to start speaking over yourself, over your children, over your affairs, over everything that concerns you, what you are seeing in the script. Are you listening? You have to train your voice. Stop calling yourself the, the names you used to call yourself in the last decade. Stop calling yourself beleaguered, poor, just hustling. You know, I'm just, you know, pastor, you know, we're just trying. Pastor, we're just pushing it. Oh, pastor, you know how it is now? You know, I don't know how it is. Amen. I don't want to know how it is. I know, I know, but I don't want to know how it is because I don't want you to stay how it is. I want you to stay how it's supposed to be. Stop all those language. Ah, you know kids in this place now. Oh, ah, you know, marriage is tough in this place. So in my own country, ah, you know, it's easier. That's what they are saying over there too. They are posting something and I said, you know, Peter, Peter fished in the same river. I don't know if you got it. Peter fished in the same river and he didn't catch anything. And then when he met Jesus Christ, Jesus gave him a new vision, a new strategy, a new instruction and changed him in the same river. He caught much more than he could handle. So the problem is not your river. Mm -mm, the problem is not that thing. It's not your marriage. It's not your location. It's not, your, it's not that there's no money in Chicago. It's not like this, you know, whatever. It's not the river. The problem is what, what is the fisherman thinking? What strategy is the fisherman using? And so an encounter with God this January will give you a new strategy. And it's that same river that you have fished for a long time and you caught nothing. You are going to catch much more than you have ever caught. And you are going to have to call partners to come and share with you. It's a God show. Are you listening to me? It's a God show. But you have to change your perspective. Change the way you talk. Start talking like a winner. 
He says, some of you do not know. I know a lot of people in this place don't like Trump. That's fine. That's okay. Do you get what I'm saying? There are many things he does that I don't like. And I'm really, I really pray that there's no war. Amen. I really, really pray. But I was sharing with my wife one time. I said, some people, if they would just sometimes take away all the other stuff. Because everybody has some good and some bad, right? Just like, you know, the past president and all that. If you just open your mouth. One of the things the man does very well is to say what he's going to do. For example, concerning the economy of the nation. The man makes a statement, the best is yet to come. When all the people were saying that this economy is going to go down, this is going to whatever, and they were writing all those things, the man will come out and say, no, the GDP is going to be four. It has never been four, right? But it's two points. There was time it was three points. The man will just come, and you see it on Twitter. He will declare it again, the best is yet to come. You know, what you guys have seen, you have not seen. Now, that is a good thing. There are many bad things, amen? But that is a good thing. A good thing for you to do as the leader of your life and of your destiny is you must learn to proclaim what you want to see. Irrespective of what everybody is saying, what the, what the experts are saying is going to happen in your profession. What they are saying is going to happen in this decade. They are going to tell you there is going to be a recession coming in your life. Oh, some prophetic people are going to come into your life. They love you. They are so close to you. And they'll tell you, oh, this career that you are taking, nothing is going to happen. Or oh, this is going to happen. You don't accept it. Tell them, I will not accept that. I believe only the report of the Lord. That's the report that I believe in. Amen. Which report will you believe? Come on, answer me. Which report will you believe for this year? I will believe the report of the Lord. I will believe the report of the Lord. That's what I'm going to believe. That's what I'm going to keep declaring. If people are saying, you know, people are saying it's going down. When men are cast down, I will say there's a lifting up. Are you listening? Someone say, I will say there's a lifting up. I will tell people it's a God show. Amen. No matter what life brings, I will say it's a God show. Hallelujah. You know, they said it. They said you still have to be authentic when you are acting. But you really have to play your part. Amen. You have to play your part. You have to use the accent that is required for your role. The accent required for your role is the accent of victory. It's the accent of winning. It's the accent of abundance. It's the accent of God is at work. Even though everything looks like it's not happening. Make sure you adjust into your role for this year as a God actor and as a God actress. Speak the, speak the script. Amen. Speak the script. Engage in the physical warm-up. Engage in the physical warm-up. So let's see how they do it in Preparation Broadway. They said, even for performances that are light on dance, every actor I spoke to identified warming up their body as an essential part of the pre-show preparations. For some, it's simply stretching and lumbering up. Perhaps a bit of a dance to raise their energy and improve the mind-body connection. Others like Grant Landry takes a much more athletic approach. I sometimes bring my rings and I do some push-ups and some pull-ups and headstands and all those sort of things. He says, for dance intensive shows, the physical warm-up becomes much more involved. Jess Vanderberg in West Side Story will spend up to 20 minutes each in variations of splits to warm up for every kick intensive shows. And then the next one about fasting, about physical preparation. Please go to the next thing. Uh, there uh, on my outline. It says, artists perhaps unfairly 
In part, to tales of rock stars, riders, have garnered a reputation of being hardly selective about what they eat backstage. Hevers St. Clair Moniz has seen it herself. I know a lot of people that are like no dairy, no chocolate, no sugar, and wear things like that. I found, like that, I found our Sally Dibley's story surprising. As most singers will avoid dairy in the hopes of protecting their voices from the strain of nightly performance, performances. Within this group of actors, the preferred method of voice protection are also liquid, vitamin water, regular water, and throat, throat coat tea came up. But the favorite was far and away, Ninjum cough syrup, a combination of honey and whatever with some hot water. <laughs> you can't pronounce it. I'm from Papa Shafa. Apparently, it can't what? Be beat. But what I'm trying to show you is that when you want to prepare for a show, there are some physical things you need to do. They actually fast some things so that they can be able to act very well. I'm telling you, for this show that we're about to enter into, you need to do some pre physical preparations. And that's why we're launching our 21 days of prayer today and fasting today. Hallelujah! We're going to fast for the show. Tell them what say fast for the show. To position yourself for the show. Let me, let me round up. Practice the pre-show preview. Practice. I have two more. I mean, one more after this. Practice what? The pre-show preview. What is the pre-show preview? This is very important. Uh, these are the things we're going to be doing in this January. What is the pre-show uh, pre preview? Let me say, this is where I find that the interesting stuff happens. Being on stage requires a shift from your everyday mindset. These pre-show rituals are the touchstones that allow an actor to comfortably make the transition from regular life to performance mode. Jordan Maher spent the last four years in a professional dance company and found his pre-show rituals helped him connect with the physical space. He inhabit for the next few hours. He would do his makeup and ensure all of his stuff was preset for the show. Then at the 30-minute call, he would head out to the stage. I will kind of just sit in the middle of the stage and look up to the lights and look to the audience and I will get a feel of the space again. In other words, for you, for the show, you understand, to be the way it's supposed to be, there is a preview that must take place. And that preview for us, just like he's saying, takes place by engaging our imagination. Everybody say, engage your imagination. In other words, you review the script in your head by turning it into a picture. That is where this, you know, vision boards, you know, all those things. For example, you know, one of the things I did this week was that I took my confession and declaration. I recorded them. I did it once, and I recorded them into something I could hear. I put some soothing music to it. I, you know, using GarageBand, I created something that when I wake up, when I'm working, I just put on my headphones, and I'm listening to myself talking about Vision 2020 and other confessions, and it's conditioning me. Sometimes I would do it as, and sleep, and then I would dream. I would dream something. You have to preview. Ever say you have to preview? This message came from a preview. What I'm preaching to you, I put it in there, I slept and all that, and the message came to me in, in the sleep in the night and just revealed itself this morning. Do you want to get what I'm saying? You preview. Ever say preview? Use your imagination to dream 2020 and to dream this decade. Do you get what I'm saying? 
don't let it be lazy. Let's quickly read the, the, the verse. John 5, 19. Jesus explained, and I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees, what he first sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. So Jesus Christ, all those things that you see him doing, he has already seen the father doing it first in prayer, amen, and in meditation before he comes to act it out, amen. Genesis 13, 14 to 17. After Lord had gone, the Lord said to Abraham, look as far as you can see. In every direction, north and south, east and west, I'm giving you this land as far as you can see. To you and your descendant as a permanent possession, go and walk through the land. In every direction, for I'm giving it to you, walk through the land. Please tell your neighbor, walk through the land of 2020. Walk through the month of 2020. Walk through the places you want to be. Walk through it, amen. Feel it. Feel it. Feel the freedom. Feel the peace. Feel yourself soaring like an eagle, fulfilling your purpose. Feel it. Amen. Walk through it. Finally, it's number seven. Participate in the pre-show prayers. This surprised me. You know, I used to see Beyonce and all those people, you know, they will pray before they go on stage. But I thought, you know, it's just, you know, African-Americans, you know, we like prayer, right? You know, they say, you know, and then we want to receive our word. I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's how everybody starts. But I was surprised that, you know, Broadway and all those places, too, that they do it. Look at what they said. Participate in the pre-show prayers. Please, uh, prayer makes a show. I asked if there was anyone, any one particular thing they had to do before going on stage, a true ritual or superstition to ensure that they have a good show. So I say, I always say a prayer before I go on, says Eric Dellinger. A small prayer. I'm not very religious in any way, but, you know, I don't think it ever hurts. A very practical prayer. <laughs> it never hurts. But we, you know, we are Christians. We know that that's the real deal. But these guys, I'm not religious, but I still, I still say, Lord, as I go to a heart, please help me not to be like Pastor Lan, Africa rap. <laughs> help me to do it. Help me to touch people and to do that. Seriously, we have to get involved in the pre-show prayers. We're starting it today. Tomorrow at 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. on the dot. We're not going to go beyond 8. 7 to 8 p.m. Start 7 on the dot and 8 p.m. We're going to be in this place and praying and broadcasting it live. And, you know, we're going to be coming and praying. And we're going to do that for the next 21 days. And on Saturdays from 9 to 10 a.m., we're going to be praying. We're dedicating the 21 days for pre-show pre prayers. I said pre-show prayers. And this is what we are doing. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer you, and tell you great and mighty things, things which have been confined and hidden, and that you do not know, that you cannot understand and distinguish. I will show you new things. The next verse is that I will show you new things as you call upon me. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the place full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Something was happening, but the, the, that guy could not see it. There's a show that is happening. There's a show that's about to happen, but you've got to see it. When people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Proverbs 29. Amen. You just stumble over them and say, open my eyes to see the wonderful truths of your instruction. Paul said, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his people. And please, Proverbs 29, please just display Proverbs 29 for me, verse uh, 17. 
who have to never seventeen in the message translation. The message translation. We are going to pray. Come on, rise up on your feet, everyone. You know, we're going to pray, you know, in the next 21 days. And our goal, Proverbs 29, verse 17, um, it says, if people can see in the message what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. KJP says, without the vision, the people perish. If people can see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. What we want to do this year is that this year, blindness leads our lives. I'm talking about spiritual blindness. Amen. It's time for us to see what God is doing. You know that, you know that if you can see the chances that God is bringing, some of the things you think they are negative, they are actually chances and opportunities. Just need to be able to see with God's perspective. So we're going to kick off this prayer thing. I want you to lift up your voices right now and Based on what you know, I've shared today, I want you to just pray and say, Lord, I want to prepare myself for this year. I really, really by faith lay hold on this word that is a God show for me. And Father, Lord, I want to see that show. I want to be in part of that show. I want you to show yourself. So come on, begin to pray right now. Thanks for listening to The Glow Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more contents from Dr. Lynn, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Lynn on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.